Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York, and I'm broadcasting tonight from the bright red desk at a slightly later hour than we normally do it. Uh, today, we're broadcasting at 11 at night because there was a beautiful full moon in Scorpio, and I was enjoying a wonderful dinner watching the moon rise. So, uh missed the show, meant to do it early in the morning because it was that kind of day, but then ran out of life. So here we are tonight at the Bright Red Desk talking about this lovely Scorpio moon that we all just had and the energy in the world and how it works with us and what we can do with it productively or not productively as we choose. We always have choice, option, and opportunity with the moon. So this week, of course, the Scorpio moon tonight is the, called the Buddha moon. And way back when, when the Buddha was sitting under the Bodhi tree, he got enlightened on this moon. So it's a beautiful Taurus moon, and it corresponds back in time, of course, to October, uh, when the Scorpio moon happened in October of uh, 16, last last year, October 27th, 28th, I think. And then the uh, going forward, the full moon in Leo, that was last summer, the end of July, uh, in Leo and Scorpio, and now the uh, full moon here, we are in Taurus time, and then there will be a closing square next, Aquarius moon next year in, in end of January. Um, so these are called the lunar phase cycles, and what they do is they represent the human gestation period, really. Uh, people ask where we get this from, and it's come from Dietrich Pesson's book on lunar shadows, the Lost Timing of Eclipses. She's a, a astrologer in the Boston area. And I ran across this a number of years ago and found it really helpful, especially with my artist clients. And then I started in explaining it to my business clients and my you know, people that wrote books and professional folks and people that worked on larger projects. So you're culminating what you began in uh, end of October of 2016 and then tested and saw the, the fruit of it last July and now you're seeing it in real life. So kind of watch and then the stuff that happens now we really see the conclusion of end of January next year when we have the Aquarius sun and the Scorpio moon. So the sun and the moon seed and then they take this two-and-a-half-year cycle, and it corresponds to our human gestation period, which we, you know, we think forward, we count forward. We don't even think backwards. But a lot of times the stories that you're working on now have their origins back then. So if you keep a diary or you keep a journal, that's helpful. And even if you don't, kind of say, okay, what's going on this week is all going to happen next uh, January when we have the, the Aquarius closing moon. So the full moon helps us see stuff. And this full moon is really juicy for a couple of reasons. One, <laughs> and I always love it when the heavens kind of go, look, 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 look. And that's kind of what this moon is doing. Because the new moon that we had a couple of weeks ago, uh, when the sun and the moon were in Taurus, uh, was uh, on this. And it, it kind of incubated this new start. Uh, and the rising sign uh, was actually the new moon in Aquarius in Leo, excuse me, new moon in Aries on the 15th, had the same rising sign as this moon. And then the Saturn station in, in, in Capricorn had the same rising sign as this one. And this new moon has the rising sign cast for Washington of 22 Scorpio with Jupiter sitting right on the ascendant. So we've had th two moons and a Saturn station 
all with the same ascendance. Now think about that, 360 degrees in a circle. What are the odds that all three go boom, 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 kind of right on your head? So, and this applies for you wherever you're born, you know, wherever you're living. I cast it for D.C. because that's the country's uh, rising sign. But you can do it for any place. And if you're in California, it's going to still be the same degree, boom, 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 not necessarily 23 Scorpio. But so the the fascinating thing is that the timing of these is all 9.30 at night, 9.30 at night, 9.30 at night. Let's just kind of pop it in. This one was 8 o'clock, almost 9 at night, because we're now two weeks later in the month. But it's keeping the same ascendant. So what that means is the initiation energy of this moon is tied to that new moon back in the late degrees Aries, tied to the Saturn station in, in Capricorn, and now tied to the culmination. So there's a, there's a tying together that's going on in the heavens. And this, this full moon is pretty potent, uh, it's, of course, in the day of the sun, because today is Sunday, and in the hour of Mars, which gives Mars an extra emphasis. And last week, when the Cosby uh, verdict came in, Mars leapt over Pluto, at that point and took off. And last week when I was talking about the bucking bronco, you know, and kind of sitting in the chute waiting for the pull to take off, and he took off and he hit the hit that big field, you know, the rodeo and the cowboys hanging on and he got thrown off the bull. So we all got thrown off the bull somewhere or we leapt off, you know, totally you can leap off the bull. And didn't you feel a shift in the energy like suddenly everything's possible? Suddenly you want to get moving. Suddenly you're feeling like, okay, let's go. Let's go, let's go. We also experienced last week uh, Chiron going into Aries for the first time in 50 years and watching the, the, the claiming of the wound the claiming of, okay, I got a wound there and I can work with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go work with it. I'm going to take that wound and I'm going to work with it. And I'm going to work with it and heal it. So there's a real strong energy in the heavens. And, of course, Scorpio moon and Taurus sun is probably the most fertile time of the year here in the northern hemisphere. No more danger of frost. Heck of a lot of rain, but no more danger of frost. And fertile, planting, planting, fertile, fertile earth fertile fertile moon fertile fertile sun fertile fertile moon in in really fertile signs so it's it's a big planting day uh and in putting down um what we need to put down for the future growing what we're trying to grow getting ourselves into this next chapter right so we're all ready to grow now this full moon also speaks to us uh because we still have series out of bounds, there's still a very strong energy of how do we move forward. And, of course, Pluto and uh, Vesta are on the part of fatality and death. So we are going to hear of some deaths under this full moon. And a lot of times, full moons kind of pop the energy and separate us into a whole new space. Or we're going to leave stuff behind because we're done with it. We really realize we're finished that Little Mars leapt over Pluto, and he said, okay, let's go. We're ready to roll. What's the new thing? Where are we going? How are we getting there? And boom, that's ended. Boom, we're finished. Boom, on to new. Of course, Mars and Pluto meeting start a new two-year cycle. So we're moving forward with that, and we're leaping into the future. And you're going to feel the energy really pick up. The other thing that happens this week is Mercury clears his shadow. So all the things that we're supposed to hear about the truth we're going to hear before the end of the week. And then he clears his shadow and he goes back into Aries and lives, dances along, follows the rest of the planets. 
Um, but he was back and forth three times in Aries, and of course, squaring Saturn, revealing things to us, and speaking to us about direction, and speaking to us about what the secrets are, and kind of unveiling things. Of course, when he's in Aries, we may not want to hear what he has to say, but he is telling us the truth. And remember, he answers to that Mars exalted in Capricorn, which answers to Saturn, which answers to Saturn. So the heavens, the the uh, Mercury is reporting into Saturn as his ultimate boss. So, you know, when Mercury talks to Saturn, the world stops. And we go, okay, got it. That's the truth. Okay, you're the authority. Got it. Let's go. So there's a lot of energy in the sky right now about owning your authority, about being an authority in your own world, about looking at the authorities in your world and deciding how you feel about them, and then also about figuring out where you want to become and move into your own authority. Remember, the North Node is in Leo. We're all supposed to shine someplace in our life. And that North Node is traveling with Ceres. The two of them are kind of moving together uh, because they're they're almost joined perfectly in the sky on this full moon. Uh, and Ceres is all about, well, what is it you're trying to create? And more importantly, why? And Ceres is kind of the handle of the bucket with all the planets reporting into her in the North Node. And speaking to that creative energy. Speaking to how do we create. So it's an important, uh, it's an important week for us. Uh, it'll feel a little calmer which is be nice because it's been a little crazy out there. But it is also still um, energetically a potent moon uh, because of the, uh, the intensity of it. So let's do our lunar calendars, and then we'll get on with the week. Um, so grab your pen. So the full moon happened today around 8.58 p.m., again at the same degree as the new moon last two weeks ago at 27 Aries and the Saturn station last week. Uh, all at the same ascendant degree. So there's a drive there to say, what is it you're creating and own your power. The moon tonight is in Scorpio. It'll be in Scorpio tomorrow all day. It goes void at 10.56 p.m. Monday night with the sextile to Mars. It's void Monday night and it goes into, and, and Tuesday morning, and it goes into Sagittarius at 11.19 a.m. on May Day. And, of course, May Day is also cross-quarter day. Uh, so we're, we're working with energy there of being halfway, uh, uh, halfway through um, spring. Uh, then we go to Sag at 11, uh, 11.19 on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday it's there, and then on Thursday it goes void with a trine to Uranus at 8.50 p.m., so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, very fast-moving days because the moon is in Sagittarius, inspiring us, encouraging us, asking us to go wider, and, of course, trining with a, uh, ending with a trine to the lovely planet Uranus and kicking us into high gear. Friday, the moon goes, in, uh, 10, it goes void at 10.06 p.m. Thursday night, and then Friday, I'm sorry, goes void at 8.50 Thursday night, and at 10.05 p.m., it goes into Capricorn. It's in Capricorn Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, going void at 9.48 a.m. on Sunday morning, the 6th, and then it enters Aquarius uh, at 10.48 a.m. on Sunday. When it goes void on Sunday at 9.48 a.m., it goes void with a square to Uranus. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are all cooperating with Uranus. 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning breaking up, separating, divorces, done, finished, complete, goodbye. Then it goes into Aquarius at 1048 on Sunday, and it's in Aquarius Sunday, Monday, going void at 1029 p.m. on Tuesday night, the 8th, with a sextile to Uranus. Again, collaborative, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, the 8th. But the breakup days, the ending separation days, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning till 9.48 a.m. Now what happens when we have these on and off energies, and remember Uranus is at the very, very last degree of his journey in Aries, and he's about to go into Taurus. Whenever a planet's at what's called the anoretic degree or the last, some people give it the 27, 28, 29. Some people just say 29. I kind of like 27, 28, 29 because I just think you're really feeling it. So people were like, how come all the planes are exploding? How come all this, you know, it's Uranus. It's Uranus at the last degree of fire. So people are particularly explosive or particularly fiery and almost can't hang on to it on some level. And that's okay to know about, but also just to recognize that it really fires and flares quickly. And it can fire and flare quickly in different ways. So I was talking to my student, uh, Devin, this morning, and one of the things she said, we were talking about Waffle House. One of the nice parts about the Internet, it tells you when things were born. So we went and looked at Waffle House, because we had the guy who tackled the gunman in the middle of the morning, you know, like 3 in the morning or 3.40 in the morning. And then the next week we had, uh, you know, people protesting Waffle House and not wanting to come because a woman got arrested there. And that's the shifting changing. That's the Uranus. It can spin in a dime. It can just go whoosh. And we were looking at Waffle House, and it does have an Aries moon. We didn't have a birth time for it, but it was late Aries moon. So I'm like, ooh, that's the Uranus. But also just understanding that, you know, in a minute, in a shift, in a boom, in a boom, in a quick. And, you know, and if you're not paying attention, it's like zoom, it's gone. And you're like, what What happened there? What, 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 what? So uh, energy is very fast, very speedy. The moon aspecting all week long Uranus, first in a, you know, first in a trine, then in a square, then in a sextile. We're going to find endings. We're going to find explosions. We're going to find, okay, that's done, that's done, that's done. And we're wrapping up not only Uranus and Aries uh, energy, which is always important, but we're wrapping up an eight-year cycle. You know, with the moon aspecting Uranus, it changes, but we're wrapping up an eight-year cycle because Uranus went into Aries in 210 and then stayed there for good in 211. So for the last eight years, you've been initiating and pioneering and moving as Uranus has moved through your Aries house. Now this week it wraps, this week and next, it wraps up the journey and it takes you back and it says to you, okay, remember what you started eight years ago? How's it going for you? How do you want to change it? How do you want to shift it? So here in the office, I have a lot of Uranus in my chart. I work as an astrologer, and before that, I worked in computers. Last week, we were having a, okay, because we've all been running really fast and really flat out. We had a discussion about the office and, you know, how we're going to run it and what we're going to do, and because and it's really feeling very speedy, which it has been, but also kind of saying, okay, we've been really running and, you know, basically as a team, we've kind of been together about eight years. So now we're going into a growth phase, which I can see, 
and they're both going into growth phases in their careers because they work part-time for me and they have their own creative careers. So we're all kind of going, okay, we're shifting approaches. You know, we're shifting and kind of saying, okay, what do we need to do to accommodate the change and the growth that's going to happen when Uranus goes into Taurus? And all of us are wrapping up chapters and you know we've we've done pretty well we've flown pretty far but i'm kind of like i need i need more structure i need documentation when you guys are out i need to know how to do stuff you know cuz you know they do it you get kind of lazy you go i don't really you know and i'm a virgo i'm a control freak i get it i i completely admit it and they're like yeah yeah we've been talking about documentation for a couple of years now <laughs> but last week when kate when kate was busy and rose was busy i was kind of like i don't know how to do this and I can feel it growing, and I know they're growing. And so there's this, this need, this desire to erupt, to change, to shift, to organize it into something new, okay? And you're going to find it in your own life, wherever the Aries house is, and as it, it aspects your natal Uranus. Where does natal Uranus live? Because wherever your Aries house is, is now going to shift, and Uranus is going to go into Taurus and give us a whole new experience of life. And all the stuff you've been pushing and pushing and pushing and growing and moving since 2010 now wants to root and grow. And it really wants to bloom because Taurus says, okay, I want to bloom. I want you to plant me in a nice big old patch of dirt and let me grow. And Uranus, as it moves into this new chapter, as it wraps up the Aries chapter, going to be a lot of endings or a lot of, okay, because when planets shift energies, we really feel that shift. We feel the change as it goes from the fire to the earth. And it says, let me let this grow. Let me let this understand. Let me let you understand how we're going to expand and grow now. So it's a big week, and actually next week too, because we're getting in, in phase for when Uranus goes into Taurus, which is on the 15th of May. Um, so forward. So uh, so we did the moon, so now let's do the, the other guys. Okay, so the sun this week uh, is zipping along in Taurus, and it gets to the cross quarter, which is the, um, the middle point of Taurus, which is halfway through the growing season, right? That's the whole plan, the whole plan of it. And, of course, May Day used to be called Beltane, and they used to get in the fields and get plowed because you know, we're getting ready to plow the fields because we're past the frost, time to get ready to grow. And in the old days, they would dance and sing around the maypole, and they would get naked and run in the fields, and they would, yeah, worship Mother Earth and have a grand old time. And, of course, spring is in the air. I mean, you're feeling a little frisky, aren't you? Because it's tourist time. So this week we have Beltane coming, inviting us to recognize we're halfway through spring, halfway through. Uh, Groundhog Day, we're halfway through winter, but now we're halfway through spring, and you, how fast is it going, right? All right, so this week the, the sun goes from Taurus to Tor, 9 Taurus to 16 Taurus, and it's zipping along. It does have a choice that you're going to be asked to make on the 30th, on, uh, uh, on Monday the 30th. You're going to be asked because the sun is going to square the nodes of fate at 10 degrees of Leo, Taurus, and Aquarius. Now, this is one of those, okay, remember to pick towards the higher good. It's also going to square Ceres. And Ceres says, okay, what are you trying to create? So you want to really focus tomorrow, on Monday the 30th, on what it is you're trying to create and why. 
and give it good earth. Give it some fertile earth. You know, put in a little a little fertilizer, put in a little extra new dirt if you've got it, if you're potting, potting the plants on your fire escape or in your house, if you're in the backyard, you know, look and see what's growing in the seedling land. It's getting ready to get transplanted. It wants to grow. And what is it you're trying to grow and move towards that tomorrow? Then we have the counterparallel to Jupiter, right? And that's going to happen on May 4th. And that's kind of an abundance overload, right? And it's kind of a, oh, dear, I'm feeling a little full. And that's on May 4th. That's next Friday. But that also is when we have that square that says, are you happy in this relationship or not? And then on the weekend, on the 6th, we have a semi-square from the sun to Chiron, which says there's a little bit of wounding here. Because remember, Chiron's on the world axis, so we're seeing the wound. And also, uh, the sun is on the world axis at 15 Taurus, and it's talking to the wound. Now, remember, Chiron is the centaur, and centaurs, in general, have to integrate the the bestial, the animal nature of the horse part with the intellectual nature of the sun part. And the sun is in Taurus, which is the sign of the bull or the cow. So we're looking at a lot of animal energy running around in the heavens that may not be well behaved. Okay, And so if that's what's happening in your life, uh, you need to make some choices here. Because this is an important time to say, well, what is it you want your life to look like? Right behind that aspect, we have the sun sextiling Neptune. And for whatever reason this week, I've had a lot of clients coming in talking about not having sex with partner and that it's a problem, you know, that hasn't had, they haven't been having sex and partner's not interested and what do I do about it and how do I work with it? And, of course, with Taurus sextiling Neptune, it's all about the physical. Taurus is a really physical sign. It needs to be touched. It needs to be played with. It needs to have its hair pulled, its neck stroked. It loves to cuddle. It is the sign of the plow. Uh, One of my students is writing a book, and she sent me a quote that Ann Ortley says that Tauruses like to be plowed frequently. And I I said, well, you can use my name, but, you know, it's not original with me, although I don't remember who told it to me. But Tauruses like being plowed, so there's a physicality that's up right now because Taurus is interested in its physical body nature. So do good things for your body. Go to the Korean salt scrubs. Have them rub you down with salt and throw buckets on you, buckets of water on you. Go get a massage. Go get naked and have fun with partner. Go find a partner. You know, understand that there's a physical nature, that we are in these bodies for a physical form. And it's an important expression of who we are. Plus, for adults, that's playtime. You know, we don't do crayons so much anymore, although there was a a phase there for a while where we had a lot of coloring books around. So Mercury this week uh, clears his shadow. Um, He's at 13 Aries, going to 16, 18, 19 Aries, sorry. And he talks to uh, Pallas Athena on the first and the second. He talks to, (coughs) excuse me, Chiron. So we're going to hear a little bit more about those wounds. And then he clears his shadow by the end of the week. So we're at the back end of the uh, the, in- the information from, from Mercury telling us about what we need to know and maybe hurting our feelings. 
Now, you've been getting hints about this the whole time Mercury's been in shadow. So this is not new news. But if you've been watching it going, hmm, what's going to happen? Hmm, what's going to happen? This is when you find out. Venus this week goes from 6 Gemini to 14 Gemini. So she's a busy bee. And, of course, she's flirty and fun and happy in Gemini. But she does have a little bit of stressful aspects at the beginning of the week because she's just not in the mood to be told no. So Pluto's trying to control her. And he, she goes, no, you can't, you can't control me. And then Saturn tries to tell her what to do on Monday. And she goes, no, I don't want to be told what to do. And then she's getting into trouble or getting into a little bit of an argument with Eris on May 1st. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. And then, <laughs> and then on the on the first and the second, she's having a little squabble with Mars, and she's like, no, you can't make me. And then she's in conjunct Saturn, and she's like, no, I don't wanna. Okay, so she's kind of in the no, 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 not gonna make me, can't make me, don't wanna, and I'm feeling frisky because she's in Gemini. Then, as we get towards the back of the week, she has a lovely aspect on May 2nd where she connects and she says, this is what I want. So initially, she's in no mode and then when she gets into yes mode, so you're going to get no's from Venus or you're going you're gonna to be in the mood to say no when someone kind of pushes on you and makes you want to ask you to do something. <coughs> and then as we get to the back of the week, she makes important connections on the second. She agrees to grow something and nurture something on the third when she's sextile series. And she has an opportunity for healing and shifting and changing things creatively on the fifth. So she's in a happy mode. And then she's like being feeling very frisky and free on the sixth where she says, I am my own. And there's a, that universal question, what do women want? And it's sovereignty. So Venus in Gemini is all about sovereignty. And saying, can't make me. You're not going to make me. Not going to do it. No, no, no. And uh, she is, she's young because she's in Gemini, but she's also clear uh, because she's in Gemini answering to Mercury and Aries, right? So Mercury and Aries is like, no. And Mercury and Aries answers to Mars and Capricorn. And Cap Mars and Capricorn's exalted, but it answers to Saturn. And Saturn says no. So Venus is backed up. <clears throat> by the planets above. Mars this week has a square on May Day to Eris. So that's a war aspect. We can expect tweets from the tweeter-in-chief, and we can expect some pretty feisty energy in the world on May 1st as that square takes place. Uh, usually there's some kind of big fight going on. Um, and, of course, we've watched those. We've been watching the Mars-Eris stuff. A lot of times that's like one of those shootings. So hopefully not, but that's gonna. If it happens this week, that'll be the day. Um, and I hope it's not happening. I, but I just Mars Eris. It's not a pleasant aspect. Jupiter this week is at 19. He's going backwards now. He's going 1918 Scorpio, and he's saying change your home, change your patterns, change and understand that when you change how you partner, how you pattern, you can change anything. So he's kind of quiet, which is nice. Neptune has a really interesting connection with fate on May 2nd. So watch for some inspiration that comes into your life, something that inspires you and makes you go, huh, wow, that's really cool. Follow up on it. 
okay? Because this is an inspiration that is designed to take you to a new place, and that's going to be the evening of May 2nd. Uh, Pluto is kind of quiet this week, and he's got uh, a renegotiation or, you know, a settling into partnership, maybe a better way to say it, where he says, okay, you know, we kind of worked out the partnership deal here on May 4th, and, you know, we're good We're good to work with it now. Um, he also has an adjustment of the patterns that he sees or the way things are being expressed. It's not a big adjustment. It's like a tweak. And he says, well, let's just kind of tweak this. Chiron meets up with Juno. Both of them are at zero Aries on the world access point. We're going to watch a wounding marriage, a wounding of a partnership, a wounding of a relationship. And our job is to kind of go, okay, and it's on the world axis, so it's going to be pretty big. We're going to see it. We're not going to miss it. And we're going to have uh, an interesting time with that energy. And that's going to, again, as I said, take place on April, uh, this today, tomorrow, April 29th, April 30th. Uh, then the rest of the week is kind of quiet with series aspecting the nodes of fate on April 30th, asking us, what is it we're trying to grow? What is it we're trying to nurture? And more importantly, why? So it's a good week. It's not nearly as crazy and as hectic and as wild as the last few weeks have been. And it is a full moon, so it's illuminating. It's helping us see things. And it's helping us move forward into spring and the season of what are we growing. And remember, because Uranus is at a really unstable degree, uh, we're going to be letting go of things that we've really worked on. And it's kind of one of those things that's not as, not necessarily an overt ending, but it's like a closing of a door. You know, it's a sense of like when you were in school and you were graduating and you were done, you'd done the work. You know, I had dinner tonight with a friend and she's graduating from her uh, doctorate program. And, you know, it's been seven, eight years, you know. And I was like, wow, has it been that long? And it was. I mean, I remember when she signed up for it, you know. And so now she's done. She's graduating in a couple weeks, you know. So for all of us, there's a major chapter ending. And uh, just kind of be kind to yourself, you know. Be kind to yourself this week. It's very fiery energy, but it's a fun energy. And remember, Venus is in the mood to go, no, 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 no. Uh, these kind of transits really play out with kids. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching kids having tantrums the first part of the week. Take care and have a great week and see you all next week at the regular time. Bye. It's Ann Ortley signing off from the bright red desk.